Kia ora, I'm Georgina Campbell, in for Damien Venuto. It's August 7th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. One of the country's biggest developments is currently underway in South Auckland. Over 50 hectares of fields are being transformed into a new city the size of Napier. It's called Jury East. The new project is set to house tens of thousands of people when it's completed. So what can we expect from the country's newest city and how will it help ease Auckland's burgeoning population growing pains? Today on The Front Page, New Zealand Herald property editor Anne Gibson shares the backstory behind Jury East. And where is this huge development happening in relation to Auckland City? So this is 45 minutes from the Auckland CBD, so quite a long way. But it's an hour from Hamilton, two hours from Tauranga, according to the map from the developer. And they refer to this location as being at the centre of, you know, we all talk about the Golden Triangle between those three cities. So this is north of Pukekohe, but beside the southern motorway. So basically, as you're heading out of Auckland, as you're heading south, this land is on your left, and you'd read it at the moment as sort of rolling, relatively flat in parts, dairy and farmland. It's a wee way away from central Auckland then. Why this area? I mean, why does it make it so attractive? Is it because it's sort of close enough to be a 45-minute drive to Auckland or in that triangle area? It still feels sort of, you know, in the middle of nowhere if it's just farmland, right? (laughs) I know, exactly. But it is a long way from the CBD. That's dead right. But it's going to have its own train station. So that's planned. And it's right beside the motorway. Plus also the developer of this first stage that I went to see this week, they're talking about spending $50 million to build a new off-ramp from the motorway that would go directly into their development. So as you're heading south on the southern motorway, there is already an off-ramp to get you off at Drury. But Kiwi Property Group, who hosted me on this tour out on this very muddy farmland this week, they're talking about building, possibly, they're talking to Waka Kotahi, about building their own separate off-ramp to get straight into the development. And the other thing is if you've got a city of 60,000 people, a lot of that will be employment zone. So although we do read it as how far is it from the CBD, you've got to appreciate that the plan here is that many people will live and work in this one area and they won't need to be coming in either by train or by road to the CBD. And it's such an ambitious thing to build an entirely new city. I mean, 60,000 people, that is a lot of people. It's quite mind-blowing, really, I think, when you start thinking about it. So who are the groups behind this and where is the money coming from? Because surely this is going to be quite expensive. Exactly, it is. So there's three big businesses here. There's Kiwi Property Group, which is the largest property investor listed on the NZX. That's got $3.2 billion worth of 
property assets and you might know Sylvia Park Shopping Centre at Mount Wellington. They've got the Vero building on Shortland Street. They've got some really big assets and actually as well, they are at the moment uh, spending about $200 million building build-to-rent apartments right beside Sylvia Park. So that's one of the three. Second one is Fulton Hogan, so a very well-resourced infrastructure property development business that is very large. And the third one is Oyster Capital. So the three of these together, they own, I think it's 330 hectares, which is all adjoining, and it's that land that they have now got zoned. They've got zoning change through Auckland Council, and now Kiwi, through the Environmental Protection Authority, has got resource consent to build the first stage, and the other two are going through the EPA on that as well. So they're very big multi-billion dollar businesses that have the capability to do this and see the demand there to do it. In terms of funding, well, they've got significant borrowings. They've got large asset bases already. They'll be paying for this from their own reserves and their borrowings, but they'll be obviously anticipating making significant profit on it as well. Is the government going to chip in to pay for any of this? Yes, that's one of the things that Kiwi Property says is already happening. There's significant government support. So Kiwi says there's about $2.6 billion going into this Drury area from the government already. And they cite a number of things, the ongoing rail electrification, which is occurring in Auckland, this new train station at Drury to be built, and the upgrade of State Highway 1. So extra lanes are going in both sides. And as you head out to Drury from the CBD, you can see that's well underway and that'll make a significant difference to the volume and the speed of traffic going down there. Phase two, which will follow in a couple of years' time, will be around creating a town centre that goes down to the new Drury train station, which is adding great infrastructure to the site. We're very fortunate that central government has looked to electrify the rail line through Drury, put in a new train station, and also upgrade State Highway 1 as well. We've got all the infrastructure in place for us to be able to build a thriving new community. Kiwi property is potentially best known for owning a number of malls, including Sylvia Park. Is it sort of a bit of a leap for them to go from owning malls to building a city, or is it just because they own some land there and they have the capability, so why not give it a go? Is there any... No, that's a really good question, but it's not (laughs) like that at all, interestingly. What Kiwi Property would tell you is they've already built a new town centre at Sylvia Park, so what they've done there is really interesting, and same as the land at Drury, it's got a train station and a big bus hub as well, and same as the Drury land, it's right beside State Highway 1, so this is kind of like a dream for developers. So at Sylvia Park, these developers, they talk about a live-work-play formula. So what they're aiming to do is build a whole new node or hub that people can live in, work in, shop in, stay in, play in, parks, reserves, cycleways, schools and hospitals. We'll get to that bit in a minute. But no, this is really for Kiwi Property Group, an evolution of what they've done at Sylvia Park. And they're also going to do the same at Lynn Mall, which is a big regional shopping centre in Auckland that they own as well. And so Lynn Mall is like Sylvia Park. It shops, but it's a lot of entertainment as well, like cinemas and food courts, restaurant, dining. And so the next phase for Kiwi at those big existing shopping centres is to get apartments in. So that then makes it a big hub. And that's precisely what they're going to do at Drury. The difference is Lynn Mall and Sylvia Park 
were established quite built up areas with uh, you know a lot of property around them whereas Drury is what they would call a greenfields opportunity. Yes and you have visited the site in Drury recently what does it look like there? I mean I think as you said it was pretty muddy. (laughs) (laughs) So much mud. The Kiwi part of it, just one of the three parties who are developing it, the first stage is 53.5 hectares and what they've done out there is do one season of consented earthworks. So what they're basically doing is cutting down hills and using the tops of hills and getting that into gullies. So what they do there is they contour the land very gradually. I mean, there was one hill that we, we were on the top of. It was so wet that the mud nearly took over my boots and that was at the top of a hill. I took a bit of a, a wrong turn and just about oh. sunk. Um, so, you know, all the earth moving equipment out there, it uh, lays idle during the winter because the earth is just too wet to move and it's uh, very clayey, so it's very heavy as well. So what it looks like is sort of ex-farmland with quite a lot of earthworks. There's a lot of stormwater retention as well being developed out there and they're hoping to get going next month and start carrying on with the moving. So they estimate they've got another two years of earth moving to do. Wow. If they're going to bring 60,000 people into this place. What do they need to bring the city to life? You know, what infrastructure is required? What facilities do they need there apart from, you know, the houses that they are living in? So what Kiwi have got planned with their stage is a new town centre. So that'll take the look of sort of a continuation in some ways of what the existing Drury Town Centre is, which is a you know, more of a rural hub. And so that'll be traditional street format and low-rise. The houses are talking about building hmm, two to three levels and a lot of, well, some terraced format. So we get to see a lot more detail about that. Parks and cycleways. And a big part of the site is what they call large format retail. So that's kind of all the components that go in there at the moment. And is there talk of a hospital as well? Yes, so Clive McKenzie, the chief executive of Kiwi Property Group, told me that they've been talking to the Ministry of Health and Auckland does need, evidently, a new regional hospital developed and what Kiwi will be doing will be doing what they can to ensure that the site that they have and the land that they're going to build on does have capacity for a big new regional hospital. That's really significant. I hadn't heard about that. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow the front page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts so you can keep up with the news you need to know. How have locals responded to this development? Because there's usually always someone opposed to housing developments, and especially considering how big this one is, what have they had to say? Yes, it's a it's a huge change for that small area at the moment, you know, surrounded by farmland to have 60,000 people arrive there. You know, there's a bit of an air of acceptance, you'd have to say, that the semi-rural town is changing and Some people say they're happy to see the area grow. Others say there's no point in fighting it because, you know, it's going to occur anyway. But I think there is a general acknowledgement that 
we need more houses in Auckland. You know, there's a forecast of the population reaching 2.2 million and we have a net migration inflow now. We need more houses and we need higher quality houses as well, you know. And there's a lot to be said about master planning a community so you get the right things in the right area. So the houses will be furthest from the Southern Motorway and the large format retail will be closer to the Southern Motorway. So just an acoustic and a visual environmental aspect that I picked up on there. But I think that if you acknowledge that the city is growing, then to have developers who have experience and expertise to be doing that, that's not a bad thing. And it's obviously going to take a while for this to happen. Do you think that there's any risk that the planning levers that have been pulled in terms of allowing for higher density in Auckland City or or other cities, that, you know, that would sort of happen more quickly and make these new houses maybe less attractive or less demand for houses like these? Or is that always going to be there? Well, they've gone through the planning regime here. They got the plan change through. The three parties had the land rezoned so it's appropriate for the uses that they've got. And then Kiwi is the first to go through the Crown's Environmental Protection Authority consent process. So they went through that under the fast track scheme, which was brought in during COVID. In terms of will it happen, put it this way, companies this big don't go to this amount of trouble. (laughs) You know, the planning document, I think the EPA consent alone was something like 174 pages. And, you know, they don't go to this amount of trouble and fine plan a city this big without thinking it's going to happen. Look, it's not happening immediately. It is 20 to 25 years away. So in the middle of this uh, pastoral area, you know, you will begin to see the first development and that might look a bit strange for a while. But, you know, in time, you know, the plans are that this will definitely go ahead. And that's exactly why the businesses are going through the planning and consenting processes that they have. Yeah, they must be pretty confident. And I suppose, you know, while we hear these stories about people leaving New Zealand for Australia. New Zealanders are heading across the ditch to live in Australia in the largest numbers in a decade. New Zealand lost more than 13,000 people to Australia last year, according to the latest migration figures. The biggest net migration loss for 10 years. There's also plenty of people coming into the country, right, which will also add to that demand. Yes, and those people who come into the country as well, you know, they might not be buying a house to begin with, but eventually they they often do. And, you know, let's hope that Auckland is a city that can offer them good quality, but as well, affordable housing. Now, you, you know, you might not, as a recently arrived migrant, be looking to buy Mount Eden, but you might be looking to buy somewhere like Drury, where you can work. The other thing that uh, Clive McKenzie from Kiwi said to me this week is they're having discussions with the Ministry of Education now. Not one, but actually three schools could eventually arrive out in Drury. So we could have two primary schools and one large secondary school. And you think about all the schools there are in Napier, you know, you get an idea of the demand. So, you you know, regardless of where you come from, the people who'll be coming into this area, they will need medical, hospital, education. They'll need all these services. So for Kiwi to be talking this early in the piece of a sort of a quarter century plan about those important parts of a town centre, that gives me, you know, quite a lot of hope that they're certainly thinking 
Well, I had one developer did say to me, Scott Pritchard from um, Precinct Property, said to me a few years ago, look, Anne, as developers, we've got to think ahead at least 10 years. Now, I don't know about you, but I can barely think 10 minutes ahead, let alone 10 years. <laughs> that sort of shows a very audacious way of thinking and a way of thinking that takes into account what might occur and what a city might need as it grows. So you can argue very strongly that developers with this level of experience going into this level of detail, they are trying to work out how to make this succeed, how to be the best that it can. And if you think about master-planned communities in Auckland, which we don't have that many of, most of our communities are pretty random and just sort of, you know, developed over time. But when there is a central master plan, like say there was at Hobsonville Point, you can then integrate, you know, your housing with your town centre and planning and infrastructure. We're a developer of houses in Hobson Point itself, so we buy the vision. We've drunk the Kool-Aid, we love it here. You know, the people buying here has proven the vision has been successful in Auckland. You know, the ferry service from there and the way it relates to motorways. So there's a lot to be said for taking this wider view and for putting together a plan where the right components are put in the best place that they can be on the site. Thanks so much for joining us, Anne. I really appreciate it. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. Thanks for listening. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Georgina Campbell. Subscribe to The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts and tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines. Listener.